0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Luke chapter 7, 1 through
0: 17 is where we're
1: at, and a message titled Too Complicated. It says, verse 6, Then when Jesus went with them, And when he was already not far from the house, centurion sent friends to him saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Notice the humility. The Jews said he is worthy. He was worthy because he's a good man. He does all this good stuff. What did the centurion know about himself? I'm not worthy. You know, and it's just a biblical principle. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud his grace to the humble res- resists the proud here's a man who is he's in humility he's like i'm not worthy you know one of the biggest barriers to people coming to know the lord is they think that they're okay or they think that they're a good person or they think that they're in our society telling everybody oh you're a good person doesn't matter what you do you got a participation award look how good you did you know and there's 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 just this idea within our culture that everybody's a good person but if i were to ask you a simple question hey if if we ha- we have this new technology all you have to do is put a little cap on you, and it, it reads your brain. Elon Musk came up with it, and, and it pulls it into the computer. And then next Sunday, we will just project for everybody all the wonderful things and edifying things you thought during the week. Would you show up to church? None of us would. We'd be like, no way. I'm not coming. I don't want anybody. Never, you would never show your face in town again, right? Just from one week of thoughts. And yet, that's where we have to realize is who we are in, deep inside. Let us not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but soberly. Right? That we should not exalt ourselves; that we should think of ourselves in humble terms. And, and certainly, this centurion did. He knows that he's not worthy to approach God, and and none of us are, except through the blood of Jesus Christ. He has made a way. He's the way, truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus, he paid the way so that we could have fellowship with God. And because of Jesus, we can enter boldly before the throne for help and mercy, grace in time of need. Those those are the things we have with Jesus. But this guy has the right perspective. Even though they think he's worthy, he doesn't think he's worthy. Verse 7, he says, therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I say, for I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go. And he goes, and another, come. And he comes, and, my, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. <laughs> I, I, love this. I love this, because this guy, he's telling Jesus how to do his job. You know I mean? Like, you're the healer, and like, okay, well, you're the healer, but this is how you're going to do it. You know, I'm talk about a guy who's a A type, you know, leader. This guy's a leader. He's like, this is how it's going to go down. Okay. You're just going to say the word and it's going to happen because you don't have to come here. You know, it's not even something you're going to have to, how did he know that? How did he know that? How did he know that Jesus didn't need to come and do some sort of ritual and burn something or, or wave some feathers around or something, or, you know, do something silly. And he just say, say the word. I see there's great authority in you, but in a way this kind of puts us to shame, doesn't it? You know, I, I think about even the unusual miracles that happened in the book of Acts where they took sweat rags from Paul and, and they laid them on people and people were healed. Those people needed a point of contact. They needed something to touch them in order to, to believe that they were going to be healed. And yet, this guy's saying, you don't need any of that. It's God, right? I mean, you're, you're from God and you have the authority to heal and you don't have to come to my house and look at me in the eye. You, you can just say the word. That's crazy. You know, sometimes I think that as we grow in the Lord, we tend to get our systematic theology and, and we explain a lot of the things that God could do away as, well, God doesn't work that way because of this and this and this. And we kind of set up a structure in our lives as we study the Bible. Because of unbelief, we set up a framework of unbelief within our lives. Is there anything too hard for God? No, no. That's what the children of Israel were asked. Is there anything too hard for God? Absolutely, there is nothing too hard for God. He can do anything he wants to do as long as he's not making himself a liar when he does it or he's contradicting his word, right? He can do anything he wants to do. I remember Chuck Smith talking about this woman who went to Life Bible College with him back in the 50s. And she was retired, her husband had just passed away and she thought, you know what, I just want to use the rest of my life to serve the Lord. So she enrolled into Life Bible College and she went through a four-year program on missions and she went to the mission board and she says, okay, I just graduated, uh, you know, and she's in her 60s. She I want to go on the mission field. You know what they told her? You're too old. And she was like, well, God's called me to go to Chile. I know he's called me, telling me to go to Chile. And well, you can work in the office here and you can work with people that go to Chile. And she was like, okay, never mind. She went home, sold her house. She moved to Chile, bought a house there. And she started going out on the street and passing out tracks, talking to people about Jesus. And one day she got a knock at the door. And it was actually a man who was in tribal dress. And he said, we heard you in the street talking about a man who could heal people and raise them from the dead. And she's like, yeah, that's Jesus. And he says, and you believe this is true? And she said, yes. And he says, come with me. We need you to heal our chief. We need you to raise our chief from the dead. <laughs> so she was like, oh no. So she wanders out into the bush and she's this whole time, she's like freaking out, praying, oh no, <laughs> what am I going to do? And, and, and as she gets there, she, she, says, okay, Lord, you're going to have to come through for me because I don't know if these people will kill me or what. And she lays her hands on this guy, this chief who's laying on this board, just dead. And she prays for him and he sits up and he says, this woman's from God, do everything she says. And so she ended up leading the entire tribe to Jesus. We just never know how God's going to use us or when we have great faith and believe in God and are willing to do what we're, what people don't even think we should be doing sometimes in terms of putting ourselves out there. To serve Jesus, that God can use us for great things. I think of of Kareem who went to the Druze people. I think it's in the book "Through the Fire" in Tom Doyle's book "Through the Fire." He talks about this guy Kareem who he was told he had a vision of Jesus, and he, Jesus told him, "I want you to go to the Druze people. They're a people I love, a tender people. The Druze people, you know, they're not real kindly to to those people, but the Lord would use him there, and he would he would pray for people, and people would be healed, and and God would heal every single person he, he talked to, and it's it. it it created a Christian community there amongst the Druze, unheard of. The Druze religion is not something you mess with, not something that you talk to, to them about Jesus is not a, it's not allowed. But God would use Kareem to do that. And, and God would use us to do greater things, I think, if we would just believe. If we would just believe him for good things or big things. Verse 9 says, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. We have to ask ourselves, do we have the faith it takes to make Jesus marvel? Does Jesus marvel at our faith? Ah, oh, Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? Now he couldn't find that type of faith any anywhere in Israel. He did marvel at the at the the people of Israel. He did marvel, if you remember, back in in Luke chapter four. Actually, he rec- it records the same story in Mark chapter six, and this is what it says about his time in Nazareth. Remember, he he was in Nazareth, and they were they were amazed at the great things he did, and the, and the wonderful words he spoke. But then they said, "Isn't this Joseph the carpenter's son? Aren't his brothers and sisters here?" Who is this guy? And it says in Mark 6, 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. What it said right before that was in Mark chapter 6, verse 5, it says, now he could do no mighty work there except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled at their unbelief. That, that's what was going on. He, he couldn't do any great work there because they just didn't believe. And so are we going to make Jesus marvel at our faith? Or is he going to marvel at our unbelief? How could you not believe? How often did Jesus talk to his disciples and say, oh, you have little faith. Just believe. Verse 10, it says, and those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. So the same hour Jesus declared it, he was healed. Now, it's a fascinating story. A Gentile's healed and, and, and in this, this centurion who never even got to meet Jesus. But something that's fascinating about the book of Luke is Luke always does a a kind of an interesting thing. And we saw it in in chapter 1 and chapter 2 as Jesus laid side by side John the Baptist and Jesus. And you see these interesting parallels and contrasts between the two. And he does the same thing here with the centurion and this woman that he's going to be encountering next. One Again, one was about a man the other the next story is about a woman the first story is about a rich man who is influential the second one is about a poor woman who was in trouble first one was a gentile second one was a jew the man had great faith and sent for jesus the woman
0: didn't send for jesus but it was in agony as she watched her her son die thanks again for listening to Abide in truth with pastor mike Hughes. if you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety